Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men older than man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. The ship with black sails that's crewed by the dam. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show. Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com. And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlWinnick.com. Still sounds like you're underwater over there. Yeah, it's still hanging on. I mean, it's been months and you've been ill. I don't think it's been that long. Oh. That's just my normal voice. Starting to think that (laughs) it's your normal. You have a voice that was made for... For the radio, and I say that with kind of a hesitation there. But now that I'm thinking about it, maybe our my intro should be more pirate-like as opposed to just all uppity. Maybe you should. Energetic and stuff. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Are there minis? <laughs> okay. We don't need to go overboard, though. Oh. And then you, the way you blast into that, now I'm going to have to adjust the sound because you just screamed into the mic. Everybody lost their eardrums. Did I just say I'm Scott Artis? I think I did. That's me. I think I said my name already. Introduced myself. I mean, yeah. I know people want to. Yeah, because to. I kind of stumbled over my intro. Hey, that's not a shocker. And I think everybody's expecting you to fumble around. I was going to tell you, bless you. That was the cricket, but it was <laughs> cut out. So why do you bring that stuff up? That's my question. But there's uh no, actually, did I even say where we're at? Because this is minute 86 of Dead Man's Chest. I don't know. Because I was going to comment on it. It's like, uh, we're going to send minute 86 of Dead Man's Chest to the deep. But now I had to screw it up because I lost where I was. Your sickness must be infecting me. There's a bit of Pirates of the Caribbean news out there recently. Happened over the weekend. Kind of the weekend. The ride? If you call Friday a weekend. Yeah. It's not movie related, but about the first ride in Anaheim. Not the first ride, but the first Pirates ride is where I'm going. The first of the Pirates of the Caribbean theme park rides happened at Anaheim, Disneyland. Perhaps you've heard of it. And I'm not insulting the audience. I'm actually saying that to you, Heather. Disneyland's first Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Well, they closed it down. Remember, they're redoing some stuff. It reopened on Friday, June 8th. Apparently, fans stood in long lines to board boats for the newly reopened ride to see how Disney had replaced the captive bride auction scene that in recent years has been criticized as offensive. In the newly revamped ride, the beautiful saucy redhead we know as Scarlet, Scarlet, who spent 50 years tied up. Oh, poor Scarlet. (laughs) Defiantly waiting to be sold. Eh, I was okay with it. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Well, there kind of is. Okay, maybe there is. Has now become a buccaneer herself. I think we, we've talked about some of this. She's the park's first female pirate and can be found in the same scene. But now she's toting a gun with her foot propped up on a rum barrel. Reminds me of you, Heather. Not the gun part. but the just rum barrel? Your mouth propped up on a rum barrel. Mouth? Oh, I mean your foot. Sorry. Your lips are... Over that borehole. She also has a bottle of rum in her other hand. Does she? Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's drinking rum, has her foot on a barrel, and got a gun gun in one arm, rum in the other, and her foot up. There you go. 
The auctioneer who formerly sold women now offers up the plundered goods of the townspeople. And by the way, her name is now Red. That's Red with two Ds. It looked like they also had like a person walking around the park or New Orleans Square um, dressed up as Red. That they Talking did. to all the little kids and stuff. And I posted a video of that yeah, that's on our Facebook it. group. Oh, so you're stealing my thunder. Yeah. How dare you? Honestly. I kind of liked her. What are you doing here? You're opening... Now, I don't have any problems with the scene. It looks great. Gives me that Disney magic feeling. It really does. Doesn't feel out of place or anything like that. They did a really good job from the video I saw. Yeah. When I roll in there, it seems rather seamless. I like it. I don't have any problem with it. And I don't have any problem with Red walking around New Orleans Square or maybe the entire park. Yeah. Greeting people. Having fun with kids. Talking like a pirate. That kind of stuff. And it would have been great, though, to integrate Red into a vignette, maybe, without losing the tongue-in-cheek bride auction. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm not going to just, like, roll with it today, I guess. Maybe I'm just going to roll with it today. Because if you want to hear me rant a bit about it, check out one of our bonus episodes at the start of Season 2, somewhere around there. Because the last thing we want is for me to get fired up. Well. Really, you're going to go here. I can't believe you're going to go here. All I was going to do is welcome Red. I, I like can feel red. my blood pressure rising. I, I like don't red. have a problem with red. I just said I think she looks good. I think the vignette actually works. I like how they're introducing this new character to people young and old. Probably new visitors and people who have been coming there for years are now seeing this new character. A transition of scarlet to red. Yeah. And what's good, I guess in a way, is that they just didn't call her scarlet. They actually Gave like, her took the, some marketing advice here. From themselves probably and said, you know what? Let's not just reinvent the character. It's an entirely new character. Yeah. We're not transforming her. It's a new character. So don't even think about it. That's what I think I like about it. I I also like that they brought a woman pirate in to let the little girls know you can be a pirate too. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Little girls. You can grow up and take ships on the high seas. You know what, you know what I mean. Murder people, capture people, sell them at yeah, auction. that's not what I mean. Plunder you know the pri- Oh, it isn't. Oh, I thought that's You a- know this. But oh. a tear does roll down my cheek for Scarlet, but oh, yeah. I also welcome Red. Yeah. And I see what you're saying. And it's not inappropriate to have a woman pirate. We know, and we've talked about it on the show, that there's been women pirates yeah. out there. They hided. Hided. They hided. <laughs> Man, seriously, the past couple of days I've had some choice, like, thinking in about it and hided it. Anyways, kind of hid their identities. Yeah. But I don't have a problem with it. Not necessarily even hiding their identities, just coming out full woman pirate. I, I think that's fine. It's a ride. Yeah. Works. And for me, it's rather easy to separate reality from make-believe. Or in this case, historical fiction from that that was representative of the times. Okay? One doesn't need to dictate the other. As long as it's done in a tactful way. Sometimes a bride auction, yeah, I'm going to say it, folks, is just a bride auction. And not a comment on society. Yeah. Okay, now I'm done. Okay. That was close. Felt the meter rising. So I'll say it again. Welcome, Red. Maybe Red could have been selling brides herself. Would that have been better? Could Red have taken over the bride auction? Yeah. That little saucy redhead. Yeah. Damn it. Okay, moving on. You can listen to what I've said before on the comment on it. Times are changing and you're just getting old and don't want to change with them. A, I'll send you to the deep. 
for saying something like that. I said I welcomed him. Welcomed. Man, welcomed. God. The pronunciation skills are just falling short. Maybe I am losing it. I don't have a problem with her. I think that the reason for the change was not good. Yeah. That's what I it understand. was. That's all I'm saying. Because there's still ways to incorporate all that and not lose the pirate fun. And mind you, this is a ride. I mean, it's not like we're changing history books here. Changing history books, then I get fired up and now we're going to have words beyond just red and scarlet. But okay, I said I'm not going to go there anymore. Damn it, look what you did to me. Almost fell down a bright auction rabbit hole there. All in pirate jest here though. Remember on Monday I was saying pirate word of the week? That's where I actually had it. I was going to like jump into pirate word of the week here. Today? To like calm myself out of the rabbit hole of I guess you needed red and it scarlet. Here today. Maybe I did need it. So you know what? It's a plague upon the sea. It's a plague upon the sea. But also I liked it. There you go. I go both ways on this subject. Ah! Because you are changing with the times. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. In the previous minute, a little game of show and tell gets underway as Davy Jones pulls out his dangling key. Let's Will Turner get an eyeful, then gently tucks it back under his tentacles. Bootstrap, sensing the fun, joins in to make it a threesome and drops his dice on the table, irritating Will that he now has to share Davy's tentacles with his father. Minute 86 begins with Will countering Davy's liar's dice bid with four fives, promptly followed by Bootstrap's bid of six threes. The minute ends with Davy Jones telling Will, Welcome to the crew, lad. Throwing out a few smug and confident laughs. However, Bootstrap jumps in with a ludicrous bid of 12 fives and causes Jones to whip his head towards the senior turner. Okay, I wanted so bad to laugh during that, but it makes me cough. No coughing, because I don't want to have to deal with the editing process I here. Know. So I'm trying to keep the laughs on hold. Speaking of laughs on hold, isn't that our motto for the show? We say that so people don't feel obligated to laugh at our lame jokes. It's laughs on hold episode. <laughs> you don't don't have make to laugh. me laugh. I'm sorry. I know we need to have a degree of confidence behind our chosen work. Oh, I forgot something yesterday. Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? No, I forgot something yesterday. I had a thought. Okay, what? When Davy Jones wraps his tentacle around the cup, the dice cup. I like that. I thought it was kind of cool because it's like his two finger, his pinky and his ring finger were tentacles now. Are they? And he wrapped around. That's what I want to know. Yeah. Is it, does he still have a full hand no. or does he also have a hand with tentacles? It's a it's partial hand. Huh. And like the last one or it. two fingers went into that tentacle. I thought tentacle. it was pretty cool. I thought it was pretty nifty. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. I don't know what I was saying. Something about Pirates of the Caribbean, the movies that we've chosen. Maybe that's what it was. Something like that. Yeah. Dang it, you completely lost my train of thought. How dare you? Today's one of those cases, maybe this is where I was going, where I wonder just how this episode will develop. Yeah, it's it's a mystery for me, considering we're watching three dudes play dice. Yeah, playing dice. Sure, there's some tension building. Each of them call out a progressively higher bid, which culminates in crazy kamikaze maneuver for Bootstrap, just to save his son. But everything here, it's a dice game. We're watching a dice game, and we have to comment on it. For an episode. Yeah, it's weird. Eternity aboard the Dutchman. <laughs> Not the highest thing on my list, though. If you were to bootstrap, would you have done the same thing? We started to talk about yeah, this prob- on Monday. You know, I go- it goes back to your son. You're saving your son. Of course, you're going to give your life for to risk to let your son live a normal life. Because I think this is the only movie he could make, right? He can yeah. only up the bid yeah. so crazy-like that it just becomes yeah. impossible. Because he's already a bit on the fishy side himself. 
like I was saying the other day, cursed by Aztec gods before. Yeah, he perpetually like draws the short straw. That's the story of this guy's life. But he can't let Will go down that road. Right. Then they'd be both doomed. So he has to. He still wishes Will was on dry land. I'm sure. Like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. Because you can clearly see when Bootstrap realizes he has to be the martyr, it shows up on his face. Because he sees Will's face and he's like sitting there going, damn, I know Will is out of aces on this. Even before he bids eight fives, he knows that Will is in deep trouble. Yeah. Bootstrap says, ah, shit, kind of thing. He's the dad, has to. No getting around it. And then he throws out the crazy bid. Yeah. But Bootstrap has the red dice. That's what I thought was interesting because we mentioned previously the symbolism of the dice, the black and the white, and even the numbers on the faces. We talked about all that. Yeah. The incredible find of the mark of the beast, 666 on those dice. You heard it here first, unless the internet says. I still refuse to look at the internet to see if that's been pointed out before. Because I want to take this one. I want to <laughs> savor it. But anyways, now that Bootstrap is in the game, he's sporting the red dice. And the color red is this intense color. Perhaps you've seen it before. No. Yo, you haven't seen red. Oh, you should take a look at it. It's a nice color. It's packed with emotion ranging from passionate, intense love to anger and violence. Representing both Cupid and the devil. Which is interesting. Because we have Davy Jones, the devil. Kind of the Cupid father thing going on with Bootstrap for his son. But it's a hot, strong, stimulating color that represents excitement and energy. And studies show that the color red can create physical effects such as elevated blood pressure, increased respiratory rates... Enhanced metabolism, increased enthusiasm, higher levels of energy, and increased confidence. Did I ever tell you about the boss I had that wouldn't talk to me on the days I wore red? Really? Yeah. That's weird. She wouldn't come anywhere near me if I wore Why? a red, red shirt. I don't know. Would you start testing so this I hypothesis? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I would wear red on purpose just so she wouldn't talk to me that day. Really? That's yeah. weird. Why would she not approach you with red? She, I don't know. She had this weird thing about it. That's crazy. Yeah. You should have wore no. red all the time. Dude, I, I unfortunately dude, I only had you call me dude. I only had like one shirt, one red shirt. But I'd wore it all the time because she wouldn't come near me. Huh. That's on those strange. days I wore it. Huh. That's weird. It's like this power color to her, she thought. Yeah, because actually it's interesting you say that because red represents power and courage. Yeah. The color red is the basis of the traditional red power tie or the red suit in business. Yeah. And the red carpet for celebrities and VIPs. You know, we get that all the time when we go out into the general public. They roll out the red carpet for us. Oh, my God. Black Pearl Show host. They're here. Scott and Heather roll out the red carpet. Red's association with courage and bravery makes it a color that is used often in national flags, on shields, and in achievement patches. You know, we we routinely give ourselves achievement patches for the show. We're like, oh, "Oh, we hit episode 25. Time for a I get a vest full of them. No, you don't. I do. <laughs> You've gotten one. I mean, I've given one to you. I don't know even why that was. It may have been I make a my own. Per- <laughs> I'm making my own. I mean, it's sad that that's the achievements we're giving ourselves for the show. <laughs> uh, we should we should start like Facebooking live our ceremonies as we give each other patches after the show. <laughs> Oh, yeah. This that was, is our life, That was folks. a good joke you came up with. Here's a patch. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't sure what you were doing. I thought that was a canned response at first. <laughs> Heather's going to get the next patch. For the most robotic responses, you've been honored with the patch. 
Color red is also highly visible color. Yep. Except for Heather's never seen it before. But it's able to focus attention quickly and get people to make quick decisions. Which is one of the reasons fire trucks and fire engines are usually painted red. And you got those weirdo yellow ones out there. But given the courage... Stop signs, okay. Are you trying to give me a hint? Stop. No. Given the courage and quick decision elements behind it, seems appropriate that Bootstrap is gambling his life with red dice, so... And stepping in to save his son. Because I know it's surprising, but they used black, red, and white dice. And we talked about some of those before. But it's interesting that Bootstrap, who's kind of the passionate one here, the one who's saving his son, who needs the courage, who just jumps in really with maybe out thinking about some of the ramifications or why Will is actually doing this. Quick split decision kind of deal. Yeah. Is using the red dice. Yeah. That's what's interesting about it. But I haven't actually... Ventured down the historical route with dice yet. Probably shock to most people. That way I can get my history patch for the day. Especially oh, since... you get daily history patches, <laughs> yeah. not just a yeah, it's history a patch. Now. Okay. Well, three oh, times or a week. history patch per item that, you you're, do that you're doing history on. Yeah, I could do that. Have like a pencil one. Yeah. Dice. But there's a lot of dice action in this minute. Minute? Minutes, should say. So you're in luck. Dice have been used since before recorded history. Yeah, history, folks. It's here. Oh, yeah. I read, like, the, I read, yeah. Yeah. Really? Or it wasn't, like, ancient Egyptian times they were using Past it? that. And it is really uncertain where they originated. The oldest known dice were excavated as part of a backgammon-like game set at the Burnt City, an archaeological site in southeastern Iran, Iran. Estimated to be from... 2800 to 2500 BCE. Wow. Yeah. I like the name though. Burnt City. Just has some gravitas behind it. Burnt City. (laughs) City of Ember. Kind of reminds me of that book. Series of books. Mm -hmm. Other excavations from ancient tombs in the Indus Valley civilization indicate a South Asian origin. Indicate, but not uh, hardcore. And as you were saying, the Egyptian game of Senate was also played with dice. Which goes back from 3000 BCE and up to the 2nd century AD. Pretty cool. It is theorized that dice developed from the practice of fortune telling with a talus of hoofed animals, commonly known as the knuckle bone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Knuckle bone action. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. This episode. What's going on here? It's all kinds of stuff. You know, and that just automatically reminded me of that Seinfeld episode with the maneuver. (laughs) George is... Trying to figure out, and he has his own maneuver with the knuckle, and nobody likes it, so he tries to use Jerry's. Okay, then we're getting off topic. But, but speaking of fortune telling, as I'm reading the room here, Davy Jones completely drops the ball. He knows Bootstrap and Will are father and son, right? Yet he's like completely oblivious to the big move that's going to happen here. How does he not see this coming? Seriously, he doesn't see this. He doesn't read the tea I, leaves. I know why. Why? Because Jones doesn't have that type of relationship with anybody. That's true. At all. He doesn't even have his heart for one thing. So he doesn't have his type, that type of relationship with anybody. So he doesn't think that somebody else would give up their life for That's true. Maybe else. that's what it is. Because it's interesting. Maybe this gets back to the color of the dice to the original two players. Jones and Will. Black and white. The symbolism goes beyond just good and evil. But the game will be determined like by a win or a loss. One will win. One will lose. Only two outcomes. It's black and white. Yeah. And that's the preconception Davey has when he accepts Will's challenge. Plus, like you're saying, maybe it's the case that he doesn't have that kind of relationship 
and everything that he remembers or has been involved with for years or how many many years it's been is strictly just been him kind of standing alone but with a crew that he kind of dominates let's yeah. just say however he fails to take in the power of red that's what's going on here and not red the new piratess at uh or pirate we'll just say that yeah. at disneyland bootstrap pops in and disrupts the black and white thing the win or lose nature of the game well maybe there's a winner a loser and a neutral party or well maybe that is the scene as a winner so it's like a winner for the person who doesn't really lose because he avoids servitude aboard the dutchman that's a win yeah. it's kind of neutral though you didn't really win the big prize Plus, Davy has been without his heart for so long, he basically forgot what the power of that emotion can do or drive people. Right, like exactly. So to sacrifice himself for another is out of his just ability to understand right. this. Or to remember it, maybe. Yeah. Because Bootstrap took advantage of that. And then he levied a bit of a trickster element on him, too, I think. Because the problem with self-sacrifice is that that can be the hardest thing to predict sometimes. That self-sacrifice factor comes out of the blue. Right. That's why his smug laughter gets cut off with the bit of 12 fives from Bootstrap. Davy Jones is just eating this up. He's just laughing. He's like, you know, I got you. You're toast. And then Bootstrap jumps in with that ludicrous freaking 12 fives bid. That just almost makes Davy Jones's head explode. Right. And that's the thing. He didn't see that coming with all we said. But then the self-sacrifice can always be the hardest thing to predict sometimes. You don't know when somebody's going to step in and do that. Right. There you go. I have a question. Thank you. Do you think that Davy Jones is knows everything that's going on in a ship? It's a good question. How does that work? Because when Will Will um says that he challenges Davy Jones, Davy Jones is in his captain's quarters at that point in time. Yeah, he's and actually all of a playing he comes, the music. He's yeah. playing the organ. And then all of a sudden he comes down to challenge or to go with uh, Will's challenge. And then this board that they're playing on is actually part of the ship. Yeah. Okay. So if it's if if Davy Jones feels everything that the ship feels, Davy Jones would know what's under each of these cups. That's a really interesting point. And I'm surprised I didn't think of this. How did you come up with this? And so that's why he's laughing when Will does his bet. That's possible. Because you're right. There's some interesting stuff going on because Jones is connected to the ship. Yes. And the fact that Will challenges him, it's almost like it it like reverberates through the ship uh-huh. and then Jones knows exactly what's going on and that's when he stops, he comes down because there'd be no way that he could hear that over the organ no. plane. And it wasn't he didn't say it very loud. Yeah. So maybe that's the case because that would be interesting. Then the dice, he knows exactly what's going on. It's always a rigged game with him. Yeah. He's always in control. And the other guys were playing that's on what the throws ground. Him off too. And they put a board up there to play on. So that's that's maybe why partly he was so pissed off because he knew that he could win this game. Yeah. But then again, in the script too, he does lose one round. Because in the script, although we could debate whether the script has any merits or canon with the actual movie itself. But he does lose a round to Will. And he talks about you can't beat the devil twice kind of thing. I'll bring some of that to the next minute. But... It's interesting because there are like conflicting things because he does feel some stuff and not. And which brings you back to, is he able to hear everything that's going on when they're talking aboard the ship? Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good mean, question. When they do talk, they're kind of in whisper tones anyway. Yeah. 
you know, when when um Will and his dad were under talking with Wavern. Wyvern. 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 You got me messed up. Jeez. They were whispering. Wyvern, actually, because the R is silent. Sorry. Wyvern. I mess it up all the time, too. They were in a whispering tone. Yeah. Rather than talking like normal. Normal people. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with the ship and how much it's connected and stuff like yeah. that. So I don't know. I guess perhaps the next time that Davy Jones and Bootstrap and Will are all playing a game of dice, that uh, maybe he'll estimate them from now on. <laughs> that's all I got. Besides a gratuitous office reference. Do you have anything else? Nope, that's it for me. Besides a giant vessel of grog over there, I mean. Yeah. I mean, that's just medicine. We call it medicine for you. But anyways, we'll be back on Friday, minute 87, Dead Man's Chest. That's why you're here. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. I didn't really have anything else to, to add on to that. No. Huh. You know what? I, it's like I lost my creativity all of a sudden. Oh, well. Or, as some would argue, he didn't have any to begin with. Oh, made myself sad. Well, you know, I said it. And I'm going to have to give myself a sad patch for the day. Oh. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again, and Season 2 is here, and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather.